0: Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Deborah Gilboa, a.k.a. Ask Dr. G. Dr. G is a Pittsburgh-based parenting expert, family physician, international speaker, author, and the mom of four boys. Her latest parenting book is called Get the Behavior You Want Without Being the Parent You Hate. It's available now. Hi, Debbie, and welcome back to Family Confidential.
1: Hi, Annie. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Oh, you're always fun to talk to. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I want to help you um, promote your new book. So I, first, you want, I want you to tell me about this new book. What's the title of it?
1: The book is called Get the behavior you want without being the parent you hate.
0: Ooh, intriguing. The parent you hate. You know, when I was growing up, I took lots of notes every time my mom said something to me that made my skin crawl. And I thought, when I'm a mom, I will never do that that." because that would be the parent that I hate. So uh, is that the kind of behavior you're talking about?
1: No. Although I agree with you, I think (laughs) that whatever we do, it will not be the things that we hated that our parents did.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: What I mean is there are nights when I lay down and I feel like I did a pretty good job today. You know, my kids got what they needed and I helped them grow a little bit and it was a good day. And then there are those nights where I lay my head on my pillow and I think, did I say anything except the word no today? Mm. Or, oh my goodness, I yelled at my kids today and it just did not help them and it did not help me and I wish I hadn't.
0: Wow. Oh. Yeah. I, that, Did that you find keep as you... a parent
1: that that you had a couple of behaviors that when you were on your last nerve that your kids could drive you to it, but you wish that you hadn't gone there?
0: Okay. So you wrote this book for to get the people to come back off the edge of the cliff before they go over and then have sleepless nights because they're so guilt ridden. Um, well, I know you have four four boys, right? I do. <clears throat> and and. Um, well, four of anything, four of yes. anything can can bring you close to the edge. I'm sure on on many days because you are only human, as are all of my listeners. I'm hoping we are all human, and we can recognize we're not going to be perfect parents all the time. So, can you give me some uh, top level tips about how to, instead of like working backwards from the regret, how to do a little prevention ahead of time?
1: Well, and I think that's exactly the point. You know, it's nobody is as good at pushing our buttons as our kids, except maybe our parents or our partners. Yeah. And so I think that the more tools we have, the more options we have to handle our kids' behavior and communicate with them, the less often we will get to that behavior of our own that we really don't like. It's not that we'll never get there. We are all human. Nobody is perfect. And absolutely, there will come a time where I will yell again at my kids for sure, But if I can do that once a month instead of once an hour, I'm going to feel much better about the way I'm communicating with my kids and what they're learning from me, as opposed to them just making that same list you made of what they don't want to do when they have children. (laughs) I want them to also get the lessons that I'm trying to teach.
0: Right. And part of those lessons are how to control your destructive emotions when you're in the heat of it so that nobody gets hurt.
1: Yeah, it's true. So I crowdsourced from all of the patients that I take care of and all of the friends that I've talked to about their own parenting and all of my own experiences with my four kids and tried to create an entire book of options. So when you ask me for some top-level tips, one of the things that I would say that is hardest for me is repeating myself. I find it very difficult, and I wonder if you do too, to repeat myself without getting louder each time.
0: Well, I think that's kind of natural because if your child is not listening to you, the assumption is they're not hearing, you haven't broken through the stratosphere yet. And so if you just up the volume, um, that we think will be better, but not so much, huh?
1: It often isn't. So I stop and I try to remember if I'm trying to give my child a piece of information that I really want him to have, that he has to first be looking in my eyes before I try to tell him whatever it is I want to tell him.
0: Okay, so eye contact.
1: Eye contact makes a huge difference. And not just me looking at him, but him Uh actually looking at me.
0: Okay, now we are 21st century parents, Debbie. And so a lot of the times all we see is the top of the kid's head because they're texting or playing some game. And so how do you get the eye contact when all you're seeing is the top of their heads? It
1: does happen that you can hardly remember your kid's eye color anymore sometimes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I found even with my younger kids, if they're playing Legos... One of my children, even if he's looking at me, if, if he's holding something and playing with it, he's not actually attending to me. So you have to know your child. You have to know if they need to actually put the phone down or put the Legos down. I, you know, I have this same experience with my husband, I find. And he has said to me, if there's a television on in the room, please don't assume that I'm hearing what you're saying.
0: Oh gosh, this is a really good tip because sometimes (laughs) my husband and I will, will you know, refer to something and one of us will say, you never told me that. And they'll, they'll say exactly. No, I, I I was, this is where we were when that that conversation happened. And I said, and what was I doing? Was I writing? If Mm -hmm. I was writing, then even if you were in the same room, I didn't hear you.
1: And even if I was looking at you, my busy brain might not have been attending to what you were saying to me.
0: So, so eye contact isn't necessarily the end all and do all indicator that you're on the same page, but it's a good start.
1: Right. It is. The second thing that I do is if I'm telling my kids something that I need them to hear, I'll ask them to repeat it back to me. Okay. What did I just say? Right. Or we have a trick in our family that when we're going to leave somewhere because transitions are hard, mm-hmm. if I say to the boys, hey, we're leaving in 10 minutes, you know, they're out on, the, on someone's yard with a whole mess of other kids and they're in the midst of some game that's completely opaque to me, uh, but lots of fun to them. And I just call down, Gilboa boys, we're leaving in 10 minutes. It is as if I threw that into the wind. So the boys know that I won't leave off until I hear them say 10 minutes mom and then I know that they got it
0: and if you don't get that that um recall back 10 minutes mom you don't turn up the volume because we just learned that in the last tip
1: right absolutely what, but then what do you you do? go down and interrupt the game
0: <laughs> excuse me guys
1: <laughs> yes excuse me pardon, time out time out parent on the field pardon me
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay um might they get embarrassed if you do that
1: Yes, they might. Who
0: cares? (laughs) Good. I love the attitude. Okay. Because, because the communication we're leaving in 10 minutes is important. You need everybody in the car in 10 minutes. You have to leave.
1: Well, and more than that, I'm trying to avoid, like you said, rather than playing backwards from regret, I'm trying to be proactive and avoid the complete meltdown when in 10 minutes I say, hey guys, I told you we had to go. You have to stop playing right now. And they didn't hear my warning and it's a much harder transition. And there's fussing or tears or anger or pouting or any sort of negative behavior.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate or kid-like kid Mm -hmm. person here right now. Sure. I heard the 10 minutes. I said, 10 minutes, mom. And you go, okay, they all got it. 10 minutes comes and three out of four are there. Number four, just like, couldn't wouldn't didn't want to whatever um transition from the game what then
1: then it's just a hard transition i don't think that we can avoid it the whole time but if i'm trying to minimize my regret if i spring that transition on my child and he has a really hard time with it that's on me if he just has a hard time with that transition then he has a hard time with that transition and we can talk about it later and see if there's something else he thinks that might have helped him but hard things happen
0: okay okay, we're driving down the freeway, we got everybody in the car, we're on our way to where we're going. Okay. And you avoided a whole lot of screaming and stress. And what I love about this is that while you're driving, you're actually in a much better place yes. <clears throat> because there, it, it wasn't preceded by this huge struggle and blow up. Yes. Safer driving.
1: Safer driving and also <clears throat> just a, a more pleasant rest of the day.
0: Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, We're transitioning right now from summer to school, Uh and that's really hard. (laughs) And so um, tell me, what are some tips about, you know, we love summertime. Hopefully your kids as well as everybody who's listening has had a lot of unscheduled time. Yeah. So that they could just, you know, be kids and chill. I certainly need that. And so here it is, we're kind of um, revving up soon. We're going to be on the schedule. We're going to have to wake up at a certain time. And, you know, all that stuff that goes with it at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, schedule, schedule, schedule. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Lots of opportunities for parents to lose it and be the parent they hate. What are your yes. tips for back to school transitions?
1: One of my tips is to look at this new school year and figure out, Just as your child's teachers are trying to figure out what new skills she or he is ready to take on, figure out what new skills your child is ready to take on at home. Because Mm -hmm. the more you can delegate the minutia of the day, the more you can take a deep breath and do the parenting that you want to do.
0: Describe minutia. Uh, One of my
1: sons makes everybody's school lunches. Ah. Uh, Another of my kids is responsible for emptying the dishwasher each night. Um another one of my children checks every day when he gets home from school to see if the kitchen garbage or recycling need to go out and if they do, he takes them out.
0: So these are things that normally or typically um parents do themselves, but we've got other higher level things as you're saying to do, not necessarily more important, but certainly more long lasting than emptying the dishwasher. Influential things for our children as they grow up and Also, what a wonderful opportunity to give kids responsibility and and that idea that this is a team. We all like to eat off of clean dishes. Your responsibility is to empty the clean dishwasher and put the dishes away. I love this. This is
1: really good. I appreciate it. You know, I think that this is important because... This, this isn't so that I can then sit on the couch and eat bonbons, right? This is so that I have the energy to figure out who has what homework and who has a look on their face that maybe something hard happened that day at school we and we can about talk about it, it. Mm-hmm. and who is sitting by himself um, struggling with something. You know, it gives me the time and the energy to look at the big picture and do things my children actually can't do. So when I get them to work at the leading edge of their ability at home in terms of what they can do, it frees me up to parent them better.
0: Okay. So I'm hearing that your advice to parents in this transition time when things need to get more organized maybe than they were during the summer is to delegate. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. I think that one of the things that drives me to my bad parenting moments is feeling overwhelmed. And I think that's true for a lot of parents is to say, well, I would, you know, let's say school sends something home and says, hey, you know, because of the unfortunate suicide that was in the news recently of a celebrity, we're talking to kids about mental health issues and we hope you will at home too. And. The parents think, oh, when, when would I do that? You know, I'm not going to do that with my five-year-old. So when do I take the time to pull my nine and 12-year-old aside and talk to them about these issues when I have the dishwasher to empty and lunches to make and homework to supervise and all these other Mm. things that must be done. So when we can delegate, we feel less overwhelmed and more able to be flexible and take on new challenges.
0: I love that. I was also thinking just about story time at the end of the day. You have more time and energy for that, those positive mm-hmm. bonding moments where, you know, there's there's a ritual and, and there's a comfort at the end of the day. I love all of this. I think to get it, the ball rolling, I would suggest to have a family meeting. And and really talk honestly about, okay, school is starting up soon. Don't start at the night before necessarily. Right. School, give give yourself some lead time. Because mm-hmm. kids have to get used to um, uh, maybe uh, an earlier bedtime, earlier arisal than they did in the summer. So, again, that, that's giving you a heads up and some time to practice. But also to give kids an awareness of what it takes to run this family smoothly. And here, let's let's brainstorm together all the things and make a big list and possibly give kids options for ways they can take some of the things off of your plate. And I love take on that responsibility. idea. I
1: love that idea saying, what are you good at? What do you love to do? Or what mm-hmm. do you like to do? How do you think that you could use your skills and help the family?
0: Yeah, I, I like that as well. Okay. So before we wrap up, Ms. Debbie asked Dr. G, um, can you give me a place where my listeners can find out more about your awesome work?
1: Absolutely. My website is the easiest place. That's askdrg.com. Mm-hmm. And I love to answer parents and educators' questions on my website and on Facebook, which is also AskDrG. G. And I have a YouTube channel where I put up every week a one or two minute video answering one specific challenge of Ooh, raising great. kids.
0: That's great. And tell us again about the title of your new book and when it's coming out. My book is called Get the Behavior You Want Without Being the Parent You Hate
1: and it is available in stores starting at the end of August.
0: Yay, I will look for that and then maybe after I've had an opportunity to read and review it, I'll have you on again. That would be wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. You have a good day, Deb, and thanks a lot.
1: You do the same.
0: This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And please check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. And tune in next week when my guest will be Dr. Regina Lamorelle. Dr. Lamorel will be talking with me about positive failure. Until next time, happy parenting.